would you like to start or would you like me to start? Mm, I don't know. Uh, I could start. I don't know. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) That was very committal. (laughs) Yes. I don't have any strong feelings. So if you had strong feelings, then. I don't. Well, I'm tired. So yeah, you go ahead and start. You get us. You get You get. I can't talk. So yeah, go. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm alright. How are you doing? I'm grumpy. Sorry, what's going on? It's just been an annoying day. Yeah. The kind of day where just like a bunch of small annoying things just keep going wrong and thankfully it's nothing like major but just so many little things keep going wrong that it's just lots to do, long day. Yeah. Now my dog is howling. I mean, that's fine with me. Oh. <laughs> can you hear Lily? Yes, I can hear her. Normally it's coconut saying hi to everyone, but today it is Lily. <laughs> Sad Lily. So tragic. That is her coconut has the toy that I want howl. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Does that ever accomplish anything for her? Uh, Not a thing. (laughs) (laughs) And yet she persists. Yep. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Tragic. Yes. Do I sound any better than last week? You do sound slightly less echoey. You didn't really sound that bad last week either, but you do That's sound good. a bit less echoey. I have a blanket over my head. I still have no. not. I, I'm still living in box world. Yeah. So. I'm currently ep- editing last week's episode. Oh, right. AKA, AKA tomorrow's episode. <laughs> <laughs> and it re- I, don't, I don't think it sounds that bad. Maybe other people okay. have other opinions, but also I switched headphones and that helped because the first pair of headphones, I was like, why do we both sound like garbage? And then I changed headphones when we sounded fine so <laughs> it's like all right i guess that was the headphones all right that's so, yeah, fun I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna go with that that we're yeah. sounding fine and that it's just the headphones <laughs> fantastic yeah yeah how's home ownership aside from lacking in um, a blanket fort it's okay so far it's you know very new and I've not even attempted to even look in the yard to be like, should I do yard things? Because I am not at that point yet. I'm still at a, I can't find my underwear in all these boxes point. (laughs) Yeah, yard stuff's a lot. So yeah, that will have to wait. (laughs) At least I don't have a huge yard that's going to get overgrown and then have neighbors call the health department on me or something. True. Not that I have any experience with that at all in of course my past. No, oh, I mean, it wasn't really you. You were in high school. <laughs> I could have been less lazy in high school, but anyway. I suppose, but you were not the only person living in that house. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I don't know. My brother has a key now because he's going to be watching kitties <gasps> at times when I'm not around, such as upcoming. Are you going to be away soon? I am, or will have already been Ooh, away by the already time. Be- <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had a great time, let me tell you. Right? Wasn't yeah. the Star Trek convention that we totally haven't gone to yet, that we totally already went to yet, there we go, wasn't it amazing? <laughs> it was so fun. Super I excited. Never had Chicago. 
more fun in my life. Right? I know. Yeah. Me too. I'm sorry about my dog continuing to howl. It's okay. It's just background, you know, noise. I don't yeah. know. It, it, it just... I, I don't hear it until I okay. hear it. That's... It's probably... <laughs> Often house sound works. No, but I mean, like... <laughs> Unless someone points it out to me, I don't hear it. Ah, gotcha. Okay. That was, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That makes more sense. (laughs) So what are we talking about today with my dog howling in the background? Today we are talking about the final season. No. (gasps) The final episode (laughs) of season three, which is episode 22 called Nemesis. Exciting. Which... Always makes me think of the Jonathan Colton song, Nemesis. And always makes me think of the Star Trek movie. <laughs> and then that makes me think of Bane. And that makes me think of Bane Cat. <laughs> and also, are they, there's the juice drop that we've been using. <laughs> it's all coming together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, Daniel has appendicitis. And is confined to a bed. Oh. So he will not be in much on this adventure here. Except that he plays the voice of Thor. (laughs) Fair. Michael Shanks (laughs) is around, even though Daniel is not. Fun fact, the reason Daniel has appendicitis is because Michael Shanks, in fact, had appendicitis right before they started filming this episode. Oh, really? Yeah. I was wondering if he was, like, just directing or something and needed to minimize his role being the voice instead. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. So, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they all got through it, so... Well, yes. Spoiler, Daniel didn't die of appendicitis in this episode. Rarely dangerous or deadly these days, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they they removed the appendix from all astronauts. Oh, I did not know that. I would actually think that they would probably want to do the same for all SG teams, but I guess they didn't. (laughs) Well, you know, maybe Daniel was averse to surgery and he's not military, so they can't make him. Ugh, I guess. I don't know. And he's invaluable, so... Mm. Do what he wants. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Daniel has appendicitis, and yes. because he's part of SG-1, he doesn't go to a hospital outside of the mountain. He is in the infirmary. Because I guess Dr. Fraser is everyone's doctor of yeah. everything. I guess. Generally, you have surgeons or practitioners, but I guess she's both. Because we've seen her do surgeries. Yeah, she's yeah. everything. Yeah. And I guess when Daniel is not feeling well, SG-1 just doesn't do stuff. I mean, I guess not Daniel specifically, I assume. But yeah. the rest of the team has all got some time off now. Yeah. Lucky them. Yeah. Jack, in fact, is coming to visit Daniel in the infirmary before he's off on some kind of fishing trip. And he's not wearing his normal green Stargate clothing. He's in khakis and a t-shirt or something. Civvies, yeah. Civvies, we... yeah. Daniel asks Jack if he got a haircut, and he did. So Daniel, Jack asks Daniel if he can see a scar. Daniel says no. Can't blame him. Yeah. Daniel also doesn't think it's going to take the week Dr. Fraser has given him to recuperate. He's feeling pretty good already. Jack offers to take him fishing, but Daniel's like, mm, oh, right, okay, maybe maybe a couple of days. Jack leaves. He does. Jack goes on to find Sam, who's welding stuff. She's very happy about her welding. 
apparently she is going to be doing a detailed analysis of the decay rate of Naquita within the reactor. So that's fun as far as she's concerned. Jack tries to remind her that it's vacation and actually says that he basically doesn't want to hear anything that she has to say about this because he's on <laughs> vacation and then also is wondering why she's doing this when she is also on vacation. But she's having a good time with her Naquita reactor. Jack decides to go ahead and invite her to go fishing, but mm-hmm. she declines because she's really been looking forward to doing this Naquita reactor stuff for a long time, and this is a great opportunity for it. Nerd. <laughs> right? Such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> she makes even me look like not a nerd in this scene. Sam actually didn't even really understand that Jack was trying to invite her to go fishing with her. So when he leaves, she seems to reconsider and then goes running after him and finds him in the hall and then again reconsiders (laughs) and then tells him to have a good time. (laughs) And then all of a sudden Jack's gone in a puff of white light. Whoosh. Mid-sentence he appears on the... Asgard ship Beliskner, which he immediately recognizes and he's calling for Thor. Instead of seeing Thor, though, he encounters some metal creatures, small. They look, I guess, like bugs. He calls them bugs. And then we're at credits. Yeah. No sign of Thor or any other people, just metal bugs. I was thinking that... Thor's ship does not have as many convenient hidey holes as a gold ship mm. would. Very for him true. To, yeah. yeah. There's not a place to hide every five feet or so. No. Yeah. That is less convenient. After credits, Jack is very unhappy <laughs> about what's going on. The mechanical bugs are heading towards him, and there's a lot of them. They're crawling up the walls. They're all over the floor. They jump onto him and he starts yelling at them to get off and he throws them off of himself (laughs) and that's it for that scene then we're back in SGC (laughs) Sam is talking to General Hammond telling him that Jack was whisked away by what she's pretty sure was the Asgard so they're going to recall Teal'c who has gone off world to see his family oh on vacation that's cut short yeah (laughs) he also is going to get major davis on the phone good times yeah short scenes lots Mm -hmm. of short scenes back up on the ballistner jack is still looking for thor thor pages him over an intercom and tells him where to go to find him and is laying in i guess you could say kind of like a bio bed pod he's not looking so good he's talking very weakly and slowly and then he tells Jack that he's dying so that sucks Jack wants to know what happened but Thor says that it's a long story it would seem that Thor couldn't transport Jack directly into the room so he had no choice other than to transport him down the hall and just hope for the best (laughs) for Jack yeah apparently these are the enemies that the Asgard have been fighting for a long time they've been alluding to for quite a while now And Thor, being weak as he is, needed some help. And so, of course, that help is Jack. Just Jack. Nobody else. Just Jack all on his own. That makes sense. Sure. They love Jack. They really do love Jack. Thor passes out. Before passing out, Thor had directed Jack to some recordings. So Jack goes over to take a look at those and gets at least a little bit more information 
about how the ship was called into battle against an enemy that they have named the Replicators. Super original name, seeing as they replicate. <laughs> yes. <rapidly. laughs> so his ship got infested with the Replicators, and these things are apparently not just little mindless bots, but they're actually extremely intelligent, and they were able to access his computer and then brought themselves to Earth. He finishes the recording with the line of, if you are watching this recording, then I have failed, and I have also likely doomed you to certain death. So that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Thor. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Also, every time that Thor says replicator, I hear alligator in my head (laughs) from Kermit the Frog. From the Muppet movie. Nice. And see, I was hearing censors as said by Leonard Nimoy Ah, as Dr. Spock. Nice. Or really any Vulcan who now also says it, I think, in homage to him. Mr. Spock? Mr. Spock? Did I say Dr. Spock? (laughs) Yeah, you did. (laughs) I fail. Fail at life today. Everything's the worst. I hate it. Maybe Dr. Spock said it like that, too. Who knows? Mm. I'm sure he had many causes to say the word censors. Dr. Spock is a very different person. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Wow, my brain is not working today. Back on the surface in the mountain, Teal'c has returned and joins Sam and Hammond in the conference room. They get him up to speed and they have not gotten far into doing anything when Jack suddenly appears in the room but he's facing away and going testing testing hello is this thing on Sam calls to him and then he figures he turns around can he are you, can he see them I don't even know but anyway we don't really get an answer to that I don't think no. I mean you would think it would make sense that if he could yeah so Sam asks what's up, but Jack is right down to business and basically is like, I need a buttload of bombs <laughs> right away. One buttload. Yes. And <laughs> General Hammond, though, would like to know why. Jack gets them up to speed. They've been overrun by techno bugs who are going to attack the Earth. And Thor says this would not be good. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. No, it would not. Jack's plan is to destroy the ship with all the bombs. Sam offers to head on up with them, but Jack's like, no, you guys stay there. I'm not going to bring you up because clearly uh, this is a suicide mission is the gist of this. Get that stuff ready for me and wish me luck. It's an order. The general tells him good luck. Then Jack disappears. Hammond has Tilk go gather the bombs into the buttload. (laughs) and he asks Sam if the Asgard ship could be destroyed by an airstrike if Jack fails and Sam's like "Mm, we can't even see where it is their cloaking device is really good so they really can't do anything they don't think at this point which isn't good that's bad Yeah. back up on the ship Thor is still lying unconscious and Jack is still watching pre-recorded message from Thor who's telling him how to get said buttload of bombs (laughs) up onto the ship. As long as they leave it right in front of the Stargate on Earth, then everything should work out just fine. And there's some little symbols that Jack needs to enter in, and it is a thrilling scene. (laughs) In the hall, Jack is 
trying to get to the cargo hold where the bombs should have hopefully transported up. But instead of just bombs, he also finds Tilk and Sam and he is pissed because he gave them a direct order. Not that that ever means anything <laughs> on this show anyway, but Sam also clarifies that Hammond overruled him and sent them up anyway. Jack wasn't there to tell him not to do that, so. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> Sam thinks that they have a way off the ship, but they are interrupted by the sound of creepy replicators approaching. So Jack tells everybody to grab as much stuff as they can and make a run for it. As they go, they try to shoot as many of them as possible with Zat guns, but that doesn't do anything. So Jack resorts to just a regular Earth gun, and that blasts one of the replicators into pieces, <laughs> but then it reforms. Just as good as ever. So that's bad. Not great. Yeah. I just sent you a video that I made of that scene. Do you recognize the music at the end when the replicators are coming together? Because that was not from Stargate. It sounded X-Filesy. It's totally X-Filesy. Yeah. But that's all I could think about when they started to go back together was that weird staccato-y like, music from the X-Files. So I nice. thought I'd put it on that episode. That's fantastic. Scene. I like it. If anyone's ever played any of the Lego video games, which we've played pretty much all of them, you collect these little pieces. And when you make something blow up, then it will all scatter all of these pieces. And so that's what this reminded me of. Because it sounds nice. the same as all of these little, little gold and silver pieces scattering when you blow something up in that game. And then you have to collect them all and you can collect all the things and it's addicting and fun. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fantastic. I was like, hmm, I'm going to do this with my time instead of like finding my underwear. I mean, that's clearly a much better use of your time anyway. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Underwear is overrated. Yeah. I did buy my passport, though, so that is oh, all good. set. Yeah. That is extremely important. <laughs> they get to Thor's pod room. Thor wants to know why Sam and Tilk yeah. are there. Yes. Apparently, he's awake now and yes. not happy. <laughs> yeah. Tilk says they can be of assistance. And Thor's like, nah, you're all going to die. And Sam's like, no, we've got stuff. There's going to be a NASA shuttle coming. We've got spacesuits. Not all is lost. Don't spacesuits have to be really specifically fitted to each individual person, though, I thought, in order for them to be effective and actually keep somebody alive? What makes you think that they don't have fitted spacesuits? Why would they have Remember that? Space there was that episode where they were walking around on what looked like the moon. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess they would have their yep. own fitted spacesuits then good call yeah good yeah. call yeah. So. nice and then thor's suddenly like oh my pod's got an anti-grav field so it's easy to move so you know if you're not gonna die maybe take me with you <laughs> jack says their plan is to just plant some bobs jump ship and blow it but thor is like mm, our dampening fields will activate in the event of explosion it's not really gonna work it's not like a ghouled mothership, God. <laughs> Jack's like, well, how did you expect us to destroy the ship? And Thor's like, if I knew a fast, simple way, I'd have done it already. He's quite snarky for yeah. a dying alien. <laughs> he does let them know that he's got the technical specs of the ship there in the recordings. Sam heads on over to that and she's going to start listening to all the recordings good times yeah 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 seems thrilling back on earth major davis has finally gotten to the sgc hammond updates him on what's going on 
and the fact that they've not been able to make any radio contact with SG-1 since they went up to the Belisner. Davis figures that they probably have some sort of radio blocking signal happening on the ship in Thor's chamber on the ship. He's giving them more information about how they found the replicators on an isolated planet a number of years ago. The creators weren't present, so they figure that probably the replicators destroyed whatever beings it was that created them. Cool. Yeah. Super. I guess they have Sam's level of curiosity, so they brought some of these replicators <laughs> aboard, and whoops, that was a mistake. <laughs> they were not able to keep them contained, and then that just all went downhill from there. <laughs> we do that all the time. Kind of expected more from you guys. And it turns out that these things can have the ability to learn, which makes them that much more difficult to stop, which reminded me a lot of the Borg, where you can essentially use a weapon against them like once or twice, and then they adapt to that weapon. Resistance is futile. Pretty much same thing here. So these things are pretty much unstoppable. Jack wants to know why the replicators haven't landed the ship already, but Thor thinks it's because they realize that they wouldn't be too likely to survive in a new environment, in a new place, so they are just using the ship's energy to continue replicating until they have adequate numbers to attack. Bacteria pretty much do the same thing with a method known as quorum sensing, where they just kind of like hang out in an organism's body until they know that there's enough of them in there. And then <laughs> they are able to communicate with each other using chemicals to be like, yeah, let's attack now. Nice. And so then they do. And it's creepy, but also fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Sam asks if they're actually eating the ship, and yes, they are literally ingesting the metal of the ship. I can't imagine that's very good for the integrity of the hull. No. And Thor pretty much says as much. He also says that they do have an extremely high capacity for learning, and that each individual entity is capable of individual behavior, but then they all act with a common purpose as well, again, making them really similar to the Borg from Star Trek. And they are also capable of self-replication, so... They are able to make more of themselves. They basically make them unstoppable yeah. and terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Sam asks if it would be likely that the ship could withstand an uncontrolled re-entry into the atmosphere. And Thor says that no, and uh, that the heat from the friction would cause the ship to burn up. So you know, maybe that will give them a chance to destroy these things if they're able to bring it down into the atmosphere and destroy the ship. Jack is very surprised to find out that with all of the technology that they have, these ships don't have any kind of heat shielding on them, even the way that our own space shuttles do. Thor tries to go into some sort of science <laughs> reason as to why, and Jack doesn't want to hear it, so <laughs> cuts him <laughs> off. And the takeaway is that they're just going to try to crash the ship into the atmosphere and hope that it gets destroyed before it manages to land on the planet. But first, they need to regain control of the computer, and Sam is going to work on that. Woo! Yeah. Jack and Teal'c leave the room. Do you think that Jack brings those safety goggles with him when he's going on vacation, or did they bring them up to him? Just a random thought. That's a good question. question. I would guess probably they were in one of the bags of tactical gear? Yeah. Probably. I mean, I keep safety goggles with me in my work bag, but I do not carry them around with me when I go on vacation. <laughs> Maybe those uh, Minnesota bass are really uh, 
<laughs> nasty. It I could don't be. Know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But anyway, they're out there with their safety glasses and their guns at the ready. And they can hear the replicators in the walls. <laughs> That's creepy. It is creepy. So much skittering. And Sam is directing them down. She says that hall, but she's not there yeah. to gesture. So, okay. But <laughs> we'll go with it. It's not the only hall. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, as she's trying to direct them vaguely from over the radio, <laughs> Sam is trying to still figure out how to get the computers to work. Thor's trying to guide her through and help her figure out how to track where Tilk and Jack are going. And that's that scene. Some <laughs> <laughs> nice short scenes. Short, weird scenes. <laughs> I was just thinking about go that way really fast if something gets in your way turn as a very uh, similar description. Meanwhile, I have been here thinking about the scene where they're trying to restart the power in Jurassic Park. Ah, yes. (laughs) Follow the pipes. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Wait a minute. Uh, Yes, there should have been a right turn back there somewhere. Jack and Tilk are continuing to wander around with Sam's guidance over the radio. So they go to a door on the left. <laughs> they they walk in. They run into a bunch of replicators. But not physically. They just yeah. encounter them. They encounter a room that is full of replicators. <laughs> Sam is surprised by this. Because they're not showing up on her screen. Thor explains that it's because they don't have a heat source. Although I think that they would still be producing heat in some way. Like, how are they moving and doing all this stuff and not creating any heat whatsoever? I don't know. He just says that thermal sensors can't see him. So I know he does, but that doesn't make any sense to me that they wouldn't have any heat signature whatsoever. But sure. (laughs) But that's why she's able to see Jack and Tilk because they are much warmer than the replicators are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Those replicators are cold bastards. Yes. Yes, they no, are. Not apparently. friendly at all. No. <laughs> True. <laughs> no emotional warmth whatsoever. Nope. Thor's not doing so great. Sam asks if he's okay. She wants to put him in stasis, which is apparently a capability of this pod, but he refuses because then he won't be able to help her with this situation. She offers to help him out with medical supplies, but that's not really going to do him any good either. They are meant for humans, and they're not going to help whatever is wrong with him. Sam continues to lead Jack and Teal'c through the corridors. She says that the door up ahead leads to the bridge. They walk up to the door, and they hear the sound of replicators inside. And <laughs> Teal'c says... literally everywhere. It sounds as though there are replicators inside. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Teal'c. Yeah. They open the door and look inside and it is an unending sea of replicators. <laughs> so Jack closes the door and is like, forget that. <laughs> well, screw that. Jack and Tilk finally make it back to the chamber where Thor and Sam are hanging out. They've got the rest of the equipment that SG half beamed up with <laughs> earlier. Apparently nothing's been damaged, despite the fact that it's been around where the replicators could get into it. So I guess in some ways they are less destructive than my dog when she makes her way into my work bag. <laughs> Everybody's less destructive than your dog. This is true. Sometimes she leaves her toys in there, though. So. 
So that's adorable. It makes me happy when I find cute. it. Yeah. <laughs> Sam updates them on Thor's condition and that he's not doing so well. And there is continued debate on whether or not he should be put into stasis. Sam and Jack obviously think that he should be. Jack tries to order Sam to do it when Sam says that Thor was refusing. Thor still is trying to convince them that he's worth more to them when he's awake. But Jack's like, yeah, but if you're dead, though, then that's not at all helpful to us. (laughs) Thor tells them that if they're successful in destroying the ship, then everyone's going to die anyway. So it really doesn't matter if they just let him keep going until he dies. (laughs) Jack reminds Thor that they actually do have a way that they think that they can get off the ship. And Sam has an idea that despite the dampening fields that are inside the ship that Thor has told them about, maybe if they plant an explosive in the right place on the outside of the ship, then it will be able to destroy the ship without the dampening fields interfering with that explosive force. Thor is skeptical of this plan because there are shields all around the ship that are meant to protect against weapons. But Sam noticed that there's a special kind of engine that is intended to help with re-entry and Thor says that that's their deceleration drive and conveniently Sam has brought an explosive device that is enhanced with some elementary naquita so I guess elementary naquita is more explosive than the refined is that finally the difference that we've been wondering about (laughs) sure (laughs) when we've been wondering why sometimes naquita is explosive and other times not but what about the naquita in the soil wouldn't that be yeah I was gonna say like really technically if you're talking about an elementary elementary naquita would just mean an element and not like an alloy of like yeah. naquita and another metal we're talking about just the element naquita so i don't know I anyway don't know. Doesn't anyway matter. doesn't matter no she's got a bomb still confused about how <laughs> explosive naquita actually is or isn't <laughs> long story short there's a bomb they're gonna put it outside <laughs> hopefully it'll work and hopefully it will kill all of the replicators before they manage to get enough of themselves to land the ship and then take over the earth that would be ideal, much more so than replicators overrunning the planet. Yes. Yeah. But who's going to go and put the explosive outside? Who indeed? Mm. Someone's got to go. Yeah. Good thing they brought EVAs. Yes, yes. Yeah. Back on Earth, Daniel's out of bed. He heads to the control room to visit General Hammond and Major Davis. He wants to know how he can help. And they're like, LOL, you can't help because you're injured. And also none of us can do anything except that they've gone to DEFCON 3, Ooh. which I at some point I had looked up the DEFCONs and then I stopped. Looking <laughs> and then I like stopped paying attention. I don't know. Fun story. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it was fascinating. It really was. <laughs> If the Asgard ship tries to land, Major Davis says the president has decided to finally, finally let the rest of the world know what's going on, even though they've been doing things that affect the rest of the world for quite a while now. Yeah. Yes, they have. This is the moment. (laughs) Finally. Yeah. And once everyone knows, they're going to hit the ship with everything they've got. But Daniel's like, my team's up there. And Davis is like, um... We haven't heard from them. We don't know how much time we have. We really can't be concerned about SG-1. He didn't say that, but yeah. Well, I mean, when you're talking about the entire planet versus three people. Yes. (laughs) They've been in this situation before. 
And Hammond's like, how about we give them a reasonable chance, Major? And Davis <laughs> is like, sure, I'll go try to tell the Pentagon what reasonable is. <laughs> yep. And then the DEFCON 3 starts flashing and sirens go off in the base. Yes. I was wondering if that alarm was going to keep going the entire time they're at DEFCON 3 because it was <laughs> very annoying. Loud. But thankfully, when we get a scene later, the light is still on, but the alarm is off. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> Back up on the ship. The team is still trying to work out their plan, and they're talking about how they're going to make the trip out of the ship to plant the bomb work. They have enough oxygen for six hours in each tank, and... I guess they've got a bunch of tanks, and so with only one person going out, there will be plenty of time. Tilk volunteers. Jack says he was also going to volunteer, but Sam reminds him that there's radiation that would be a concern for a human, but Tilk having his symbiote really doesn't need to worry about that, so he would be the ideal person to go out there. Don't the EVAs protect against a certain amount of radiation? I mean, isn't that kind of part of their point? But I don't know. I'm not a space person. Me either. Tilk gets dressed. Don't know how long that took, but Tilk's all <laughs> space suited up. And Jack is walking him to the airlock. Sam gives them some instructions on getting out there. Jack puts Tilk's helmet down. They test their radio. This is thrilling. <laughs> Jack reminds him maybe hang on tight while you're out there. And then he sets Tilk outside. I noticed Sam specified that there were three buttons on the door. One of them opens the inner door, one depressurizes the airlock, and then the bottom one opens the outer door. But what if you want to repressurize the airlock from inside the ship? Not her concern? <laughs> I don't know. Is there a button for that? I don't know. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be. No. Does the depressurization button also repressurize it? Hopefully, like what Hopefully. if somebody like gets in there and then passes out and then can't repressurize it because they're unconscious and then there's no repressurization button. That would that, suck. It would. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Tilk gets outside. Jack has him say something and Tilk says, one small step for Jafar. <laughs> Jack appreciates that. <laughs> yeah. And we do also see some like liquid silvery stuff drop onto Teal'c's suit. Mm-hmm. Specifically onto the oxygen canister. It it didn't just like drip. It wasn't just hanging no. out. The The ship wasn't wet. It like oozed no. through. It ate through the ship. So we know that's not going to be good for Teal'c. Nah, probably not so much. If it can eat through the ship, then that probably yeah. doesn't bode well for his oxygen canisters. Yeah. Teal'c gets to work in the meantime. Yeah. We get a few back and forth scenes of the people inside watching and Thor making progress on the outside. He did not seem to be tethered to the ship, so that seemed like a bad idea. He did have the bomb tethered to him, but he himself was not tethered. <laughs> he did manage to make it where he needed to go without flying off into space, never to be seen again, so that is good. Jack asks if he could maybe speed it up a little bit, and Tilk tells him that he's returning and he's going as fast as he can. He makes his way back to the airlock. Unfortunately, the airlock has decided to stop working. But it has done this before. Tilk has made it inside. So that <laughs> sucks. The door to the airlock will not open. And Jack frantically radios to Carter for help. Apparently, she's somehow working on it from where she is in Thor's chamber. Fast learner. Yeah. 
apparently. The computer that we're seeing kind of reminded me of planchettes from a Ouija board, but uh, glowy and they yeah. stuck to the thing. So essentially there was like 10 of these little glowy triangle things that you should just had to like slide all over the place to make them do things. And that is extremely vague. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So she's doing that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Better her than me. It would hurt my head trying to figure that out. Sam is not able to get the door open before replicators get in the airlock. That's not good. Nope. And then suddenly the oxygen tank blows because of the liquid that nobody noticed had dropped onto it. Also bad. Yes. There's like lots of shouting like, O'Neill, Carter, you know, yeah, we got to do stuff. Sam is trying to beam Teal'c out of there. However, she can't get it to work in the area he's in because the transporter array over there must have been knocked out by the bugs. She thinks she can still do this, but Teal'c has to push away from the spaceship, which seems terrifying. Yeah, but easy to do when you're not tethered to it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. She wants him to do that so she can use the other transporters to grab him. Jack tells Teal'c to push off, and Teal'c gently pushes away. I mean, I don't think you would want to push off to quickly because true nothing's gonna stop your momentum <laughs> i was i was thinking that until the next thing that happens is sam's like he's taking too long <laughs> but sam frantically works on the thing and she eventually gets teal'c and beams him right next to jack jack's like oh no teal'c teal'c <gasps> what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah i bet he dies oh yeah. except that he didn't because he opened his eyes he did not die <laughs> But meanwhile, there's an alarm going off in Thor's pod. Things aren't going so well for him. Sam's trying to tend to him. Jack is trying to tend to Teal'c. Teal'c is apparently well enough to move, so they are presumably going to go and try to meet up with Sam and Thor. Back down in the SGC, Hammond is asking for an update, and Pwalter says that they have not heard from SG three quarters yet. He says that Norad's reporting no sign of the alien ship, But a while ago, they had actually mentioned that Russia was asking questions about what is happening in the sky. So that made no sense to me. I I mean, I know that Russia and NORAD are different things, but if Russia could see it, why wouldn't NORAD be able to see it is my question. Hammond asks Daniel Jackson how he's doing, and he says that he'll be fine. Hammond asks him to go back to the infirmary, but now Daniel would rather just stay here. You know, he can't do anything, but he just feels like he should be here. Yeah. Yeah. Jack and Teal'c make it back to Sam and Thor. Teal'c tells Sam he's going to be fine. Jack looks at Thor and asks what happened because he's all sealed up now. And Sam says he was dying, so she had to do it, put him in stasis. And now they just have to wait to blow the bomb at the right time, which is when they start to enter the atmosphere but not too early and not too late. Just right. Jack asks if the beaming thing could be fixed, and Sam says not without Thor's help. Jack wants to try to contact Hammond, but he cannot. And then we hear some replicators in the walls. <laughs> More creepiness. More skittering. Teal's like, yeah, we're going to die. Jack says, we've been in situations like this before. Sam's like, no, we haven't. But haven't, haven't you? they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not in this literal situation, right. but, 
but very similar ones where they were convinced they were gonna die yeah so similarly dire situations so okay pessimist sam right in space we get a quick view of the ballistner changing course and heading down towards the planet tilk mentions that the ship is beginning to descend they essentially just need to try to kill time now sam has another idea but we don't get to find out what that is because now we're back in the sgc Walter says that Norad finally is reporting that they have spotted an object. So that's not so good. No. Yeah. They have disabled the ship's cloaking device. I was wondering if they dropped the cloaking device intentionally as part of Sam's plan or if the cloaking device was dropped by the replicators eating it. Not completely sure. No. In any case, now they think that maybe SG three quarters is still alive up there, or maybe not. Maybe it was just a mistake. They're debating this. Hammond decides to put them at DEFCON 2, and they're going to deploy all assets to go and intercept the ship. What assets those are, I don't know. How high can a fighter plane fly? I don't know. I could research it, but today I'm not. Schmeh. <laughs> My science brain is exhausted today. Yeah. No. And the scene ends with Hammond apologizing to Daniel and saying that if the ship makes it through the atmosphere, then it must mean that SG-1, we all know that he meant SG-3 quarters, yeah. has failed. Daniel failed too. He just wasn't there for it. <laughs> it's true. If he was there, you know, maybe that wouldn't yeah. have happened. Who That's knows? true. Yeah. Daniel might have tried to open diplomatic relations with the replicators. Yeah. Anyway. Replicators. <laughs> replicators. <laughs> On the ship, they are executing Sam's plan. Sam is doing stuff on the... I thought you were saying they were executing Sam. I was like, I don't remember that. What? <laughs> Sam's plan. <laughs> Sam's playing with her stones. We get a cut to... The control room in the SGC where Major Davis is talking about the Russians spotting an incoming objects. Yeah. Even though they had object. already said that before. Yeah. And then suddenly the gate is beamed out of the mountain. <laughs> I don't know why I found that part to be so funny, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> right up onto the ship. Yep. <sighs> We get a brief view of the Stargate in the cargo room, and then we're back down. <laughs> Davis was on the phone, and he's like, uh, I need to call you back. <laughs> to, I think he was on the phone with the Joint Chiefs, but I'm not completely sure who that was. Daniel is all excited because he assumes that this means that SG-3 quarters is still up there, still alive, and they have figured out a way to escape. Otherwise, there's no way that they would have taken the Stargate up there. And he is also convinced that it's going to work. Everything's going to be fine. Hammond reminds him that there's no DHD up there, but we've all seen them dial out without a DHD before, so that's not a problem. And Hammond finally seems to be on board with this and excited as well, and gets on the phone and orders that the beta gate be unpackaged immediately. The one with the permanent iris? Yeah, (laughs) that's the one. (laughs) That should be fun. Yeah. For whoever gets that assignment. Right? <laughs> Take this hardest metal, maybe or maybe not explosive metal, and remove it from this other hardest metal and maybe, maybe not explosive metal. In the cargo room, Teal'c is 
spinning that dial. He's chosen the planet P3X234, and that is the other thing I forgot to look up to see if we knew what planet that was. Oh, I don't know. And I was wondering why Tilka had the job of dialing the gate all by himself. <laughs> oh, he's the muscle? I don't know. True, but it's not like Jack and Sam are weak. <laughs> I know. And granted, they're not as massive as Tilk is, but still. I'm going to Google P3X234. I'm actually doing that right now. <laughs> oh, good, because I can't see my keyboard. Yeah. The only mention here is the Nemesis episode. Okay, so we don't know what's going on there, but Jack says nope. he hears it's nice that time of year yeah. there. <laughs> In fact, this uh, Stargate fandom wiki even has that quote written <laughs> as the tagline for <laughs> this page. <laughs> so that's fantastic. While Tilk is dialing, the replicators make their way into the cargo room. And Jack's like, like, we got bugs! <laughs> Jack starts shooting at them while Sam gets Thor ready to get out of their room. Tilk finishes dialing. The gate opens. There is a big firefight as they are trying to keep the replicators at bay while they are waiting for the ship to just drop down to just the right Goldilocks spot that Sam had mentioned before. Jack keeps asking Sam now, and she keeps telling him no. (laughs) She shoves... Thor's pod through the gate. They continue their firefight. We see the Ballistner finally just barely entering into the atmosphere. They keep firing. There's a lot of back and forth of watching the ship moving from outside and watching firing happening from inside. And then finally, Sam says that it's time to go. So they jump through. And I was wondering why none of the replicators that were running rampant all over this thing (laughs) happened to make it through either, but they didn't. How do you know that? Do we, we see didn't that? S- uh, I guess we wouldn't see that necessarily. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Uh, maybe they did. Yeah, good call. Maybe they did, and whatever planet this is is now overrun <laughs> by replicators. So Doomed. Yeah, they're doomed. doomed. Yeah. So SG-3 quarters abandons the ship. The bomb goes off. Back in the SGC, Davis is trying to get information from whoever he's on the phone with to see if he has a visual of the ship. And they find out that the target has changed its heading, it's dropping, and it seems to be breaking up. So yay, that's good. And it's going to just be a big fireball out over the Pacific Ocean. And it does. It does. It lands in the ocean. It does. They are immediately ready to send naval recovery teams to deal with the wreckage. How do you explain that to them? I don't know. Like, this is top secret nobody knows about it outside of sgc which is an air force thing and now you've got a bunch of navy teams going what do you tell them that this is that they're picking up a really big sea ship (laughs) just a weather (laughs) balloon a a big (laughs) sea ship ran into a weather balloon yeah uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) sea ship a totally normal thing to call a ship yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Some swamp gas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're picking up pieces of swamp gas. Yep. That's what it is. Major Davis takes a moment to kind of comfort Daniel. I'm sure you were right. They were going to escape through the Stargate. And Daniel's like, I hope they made it out in time. Then we get a scene again of the wreckage in the ocean. 
And unfortunately, we also see one of the replicators. Lucky bug. Climbing up on top of the wreckage. How is it floating? It looked like it was a piece of the gate. I don't know. <laughs> Why is this metal gate floating? What is Nakoda? So what is Nakoda? <laughs> I mean, it's not a real thing, but yeah. How is the replicators are a fun purpley tint too. They I are enjoyed the purpleyness. I of agree. The- yeah, they didn't look all that purple initially, but then this one for sure looked pretty purple. Yeah. And of course, you know, if there's one, there's more. Or even if there aren't yet more, it can apparently replicate to make more because right. it is a replicator. They have those convenient bits of ship that didn't burn up in the atmosphere in order right. to build more of itself. Exactly. Good times. Yeah. That's it. Oh, that is That's season the- three? That's season that three. That is season three. <laughs> I was like, wait, what season are we on? <laughs> well, yeah. And what we'll come to see in season four is maybe they didn't escape the ship and they're all dead. And it's maybe there is Daniel. No. Yeah. Maybe there's Stargate no... <laughs> Daniel. The Stargate the one quarter. Stargate yes. SG one quarter. The new series, actually, instead of following Daniel, we go to the Pentagon and watch Major Davis read about the Stargate program all day long. That's the whole new series. That sounds very boring. <laughs> no explosions at all. No, I don't like this. <laughs> I liked this episode because there was an explosion. <laughs> oh, well, that brings us to our next portion of this it podcast. Does. Exactly. <laughs> would you like me to continue talking sure. about why I liked yeah. it first for a change, or would you, you like go, to go? Yeah, why don't you yeah. go first? <laughs> I liked it. It was interesting and very exciting. There was some MacGuffin science, but I didn't care because it wasn't biology, so whatever. <laughs> I didn't know about those other sciences. <laughs> talking about various physics things that I didn't really know about, and some of which we just left out of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting, exciting, and seeming pretty high stakes. I was excited to see the replicators because I remember them from before watching this when they end up being a pretty big thing so yeah that's pretty much it i enjoyed it lots of explosions exciting new alien monster (laughs) reminded me of the borgs we are the borg i like the borgs well i don't like the borg but you know i appreciate the (laughs) borg as an enemy (laughs) because they're creepy and the replicators are creepy yes yeah that's it that made sense that was words perfect yeah Sound good to me. I also liked it. It was fun. It was exciting, as you say. And I enjoyed the early parts where we kind of got to see, like, how the team kicks back on their time off. And yes. <laughs> Jack's going to go fishing, and Sam's like, I'm just going to do science. And that's cool. There was minimal Daniel, which sometimes I think is a not terrible thing. <laughs> Daniel's fine sometimes. So, sometimes. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give him that. Sorry, Michael Shanks, that you got sick, but thanks for being True. minimal. <laughs> I'm an asshole. You can cut that all out. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I like seeing Thor again. Obviously, I already knew about the replicators because I've seen yeah. this before, but it's interesting to think about trying to remember what when the Asgard, when I first watched it, the Asgard alluding to like an enemy even worse than a gold. And I don't think I expected it to be like self-replicating tiny creatures that just mindlessly destroy everything. Yeah, absolutely not. (laughs) On this rewatch, I was like, I think he's talking about the replicators, but I don't really remember. But for sure, (laughs) the first one or two times that I was watching this, you're expecting like some big 
horrible giant scary monster thing yeah. and not not little tiny machines yeah oh and to that point one of the things thor says in this is like we were overconfident in our technology and that is definitely a theme too in yeah. the show so that just continues it because we've yes. seen that before with one the ghouls are pretty overconfident and nareem's people the schrodinger the mm-hmm. tolan there we go yeah. Because they're like the Schrodingers. The ghoul. We can just call them the Schrodingers. (laughs) The ghoul can't possibly attack us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. Looking forward to seeing the conclusion of this cliffhanger. Same. What is next? Is it the conclusion? No. Next is Stargate Daniel, episode (laughs) one. Uh, Is it any better than Stargate Origins? (laughs) I'm going to. Yes, probably. <laughs> uh, it's it would be hard to be worse than Stargate Origins. I think. That's true. Next, we are watching Stargate SG One season four. Holy Yay. crap! Yeah, four, four, Thor. Wait, Episode did one. Did you say four or Thor? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. I said both, but not at the same okay. time because you know. Thor's related to this episode. He is. I thought anyway, you that was the name of the episode. Oh, yes. no. Oh, you're right. I should <laughs> probably specify. <laughs> no, the episode, in fact, episode one of season four is called Small Victories. No, that is not Thor. Netflix says SG-1 returns to Stargate Command with news that Earth has been saved from the replicators, but they soon learn that one of the creatures still lives. The booklet's description is totally weird compared to... The- <laughs> I mean, Netflix is like, here, this is how the episode starts. The booklet says SG-1 is called upon to help a race of gentle, highly intelligent aliens struggling against a swarm of ravenous, deadly mechanical spiders called replicators. But the situation becomes much more complicated when a lone replicator is discovered in the most unlikely of places. Back home on planet Earth. <laughs> so, I was like, wait, who's this new gentle alien species? But they're talking about the Asgard. Right? Are they? Oh, yeah. oh, you're right. They must be. That's a weird. That is a weird explanation, though. Or a weird way to yeah. describe it. Because I mean, yeah, initially I thought they were talking about yet another species being introduced. Me too, because the Asgard, they mentioned the Asgard by name in the Nemesis description. Right, so. exactly. That's why I was confused. <laughs> me too. Oh, that's so, so weird. weird. Yeah. The booklet continues to baffle. It does. <laughs> Ken O'Neill and the planet save the day. <laughs> oh, Ken God. O'Neill's planet <laughs> helped the as helped the gentle aliens. <laughs> Can Jack save Earth and the Asgard with one hand tied behind his back? <laughs> Good question. But I guess we, I was going to say, we don't know if he's still alive, but I guess they actually mentioned that in the other explanation. So yeah, Yeah. that's it. I guess that's what we're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) As always, thank you for listening. Our episodes come out every Wednesday. You can find us on your podcatcher of choice as well as YouTube. We very much appreciate likes and reviews and word of mouth to help new people find the podcast as we are continuing to grow. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. If you are feeling generous, you can support us on patreon.com slash stargatesing where you will also get bonus episodes. Usually the episode will come out earlier than it will be coming out this coming Wednesday because I have 
four more hours until release day. But, you know, oh. all good. You can also check out our website, which is stargatesing.space. The semester's almost over. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargatesing. The end. The end! Okay. No light, and I've lost my blanket, but we're near the end, so we'll deal. No. Too bad. Unless you want to come put the put the blanket over me again. <laughs> no, I'm not going to drive a half an hour each way to put a blanket on you. Sorry. <laughs> if you loved me, you would. Guess um, what? <laughs>